Hey guys, welcome to the Unhealthy Car Obsession podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for this seventh episode. I'm so glad you made it this far. It's been a while, but glad to be back. Uh, been a lot happening lately, just with the lockdown and a lot of cars have been announced as well and we'll we'll just get straight right into it and yesterday um yesterday as it happens lotus had revealed a brand new sports car and this this sports car is very 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 exciting because what it proposes is a lightweight uh driving experience, dotty, steering, lots of feedback and with a, a very eager engine uh, that's very punchy and you have uh, two options for those and we'll cover that in a moment but it's also just a very good looking machine. It really is gorgeous. The proportions of it they are, they just work they really do front end lower front end gives me a bit of corvette impression and uh, and then you go down the side and the the air intake that looks a lot like a ferrari and also a mclaren as well and the roof line is ferrari the back end looks like a mclaren it Look, it's. I think it's a good-looking car. No, I'm not criticizing that in any way. I think it's really good effort from Lotus. They made something clean, modern, but also, you know, very feeling old school as well, which is what underneath this car, that's what it's all about, feeling very old school, but very up-to-date as well. And the price point of this car is very interesting. So Lotus, they announced that it's going to be starting at about 60,000 pounds. When we convert that, I estimate that to be about 1.2 to 1.3 million rands here. And I, I I don't know. I don't know what the actual price will be if we will even get this. But that price point is, I think that's reasonable for the people that can afford that because, I mean, that surely that should be what a lot of people are paying for their hot hatchbacks even now. And that's that's just a, a very attractive price point. So this car is going to have two options. On the one end, you they are actually just going to lift the old motor from the Evora, which is a supercharged V6 sourced from Toyota. And they're going to plunk that into this, put it together with a torque converter. That's what's uh, being reported. And I'm not too sure about the power figures yet, but that, that's for a future purpose. I imagine that model will be uh, more hardcore. It will have 
probably more aero, stickier tires, maybe the same size tires, uh, more racier sounding exhaust, a little bit more aero, a little bit lighter maybe, or they could go the route of making it more GT and then on the other hand you have a two liter four-cylinder engine sourced from Mercedes and this unit is from the current A45 uh, range A45S range and so that one is making about the, the one that they, they, they sourced from Mercedes, it's not the exact same for this base in Mira. So it's going to be making about 360 horsepower and that's 268 kilowatts. Hmm, okay, very healthy power delivery. That engine is very tough, very boosty. Uh, we'll see how it uh, handles with the turbo lag. Shouldn't be too much of an issue and it's going to be mated to a 8-speed uh, DCT door clutch gearbox which is going to be sourced from Mercedes as well it's going to be the A45S unit and it'll be interesting to see the differences as well if they decide to put their own mapping to it uh, if they make it more aggressive and and it's also here if they also tune uh, the sound differences between this and the A45S. Uh, I mean, as we know, um, the first generation uh, A45 was, it sounded really, really good, it sounded great. But the current one, not so much. It, it's a bit mute, if, if I'm honest. I mean, even when someone puts an exhaust on it, it bit bit generic bit generic sounding just a four-cylinder still built to a very high standard and specification which is still something just to marvel at it's just the sound that's it is very sanitized so this is impressive the impressive bit about this car is it's going to be well now here's the thing this loads it is huge now it the length of the car is about 4.4 meters and width is quoted 1.8 meters and when you just look at that and you compare that to what the very first Elise was when it came out in the 90s it's it the Emira to the Elise, when you put them together and you just stand back, it's just the the, the the size and the differences. It's as if you are looking at a 21st century Mini and an old Austin Mini from the 80s. It just, you, you stand back and you blow away and you think, oh, wow. That thing has really grown in size. So it's big, but not not too much of an issue because the the weight, which is something 
Lotus is very, very proud of. Always been, you know, uh, happy to experiment and really achieve a target. I, I imagine, okay, I imagine when Lotus have a board meeting, the engineers sit together and they decide, okay, we want to make a road car, right? So they decide it's going to be mid-engined. First things first, it's going to be mid-engined. The Lotus, it just has to be. Secondly, it has to weigh an X amount. Finished. Before we get to what the steering is going to do, what the engine is going to do, what the gearbox is going to do, I just imagine weight. It's up there on their list of priorities and and that's just really impressive. It's an impressive philosophy and it works for them. They produce fantastic driver's cars. Going to have a aluminium construction. The chassis It's going to be brand new as well. It's just going to be such a cool thing to see on the road. Going to be quoted at 1.4 K tons. So 1,400 kgs. Oh, yes. This car. I think the most exciting aspect of the new Lotus Emira is the fact that it has, wait for it, hydraulic steering. Yes, hydraulic steering. No electric steering nonsense. Hydraulic steering. Oh, rejoice. It's good. Uh, I, I think, okay, I, I wouldn't have minded electric steering as well, personally. There are units that I have enjoyed, but hydraulic steering is just, just better. It's like, now, I, I mean, look at this, and you kind of think, this is what a McLaren would be if they built a sports car at this price point, when you think about it. Hydraulic steering, uh, turbocharged engine, dual clutch gearbox. Okay, fine. You don't have the carbon tub, but maybe, yeah, who knows? Maybe they could have because Alpha could pull it off with the 4C. So, yeah, maybe they, they, they could have, McLaren could have done something similar like that. And this, the Emira, Kind of the way it looks and the certain aspects of it, very akin to a McLaren. It's just a very interesting random thought. Uh, but the rivals for this car, interesting, would be the 718 Cayman uh, GTS 4 liter. Be nice to see how uh, they compare. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to also see how which one exactly would be the rival that would be in line with the Cayman, either the AMG engine four-cylinder or the V6, the supercharged uh, Emira. Very interesting to see. And it's also uh, challenging with the Alpine A110. We don't get any of those here. 
I thought we were supposed to, but it just didn't happen, which is a shame, but because we've, I mean, I mean we've got, Renault is pretty strong here in South Africa, and I think, I'm sure, surely they'd be able to just source parts, uh, be able to construct dealers and get marketing as well, and I mean, we, we're driver's markets, we love our cars here, so yeah, um, it's, a, it's a weird one, but they have their reasons. Another rival, uh, it's a six-cylinder rival as well, is the Toyota Supra, um, hmm. and it'd be also nice to see how they compete with one another. And the final rival that I can think of here is the BMW M2. Hmm. Yeah, it. I, I, okay, look, the M2, I just threw it there because it's a six cylinder rear wheel drive coupe. But it isn't really that much of a sports car, but yeah, you can, you can put it there. You can put it there. It's upright, but it'd be nice to see. Uh, here, if I had to guess, where the Emira would be really, really strong. I think it will be faster. Although things like the, the M2, I know for a fact, the M2 competition, that has more power than pretty much everything. So maybe in a rolling race, the M2 pretty much has it. Yeah, it's it's gonna dust the rest of them. But around the track, I think the Amira, hmm, I just think the Amira will be the fastest. I think the Amira will be the fastest, and then the second fastest will be the Cayman. Although, the Cayman is might be pretty rapid. I think the Amira will be the quickest. Maybe, maybe in that uh, super, uh, supercharged V6 trim, depending on how much power both engines make, really. We don't know that much at the moment. Mm. But it's a bit of a head-scratcher to try and guess which one will be the quickest in terms of the engines but I think the Amira will be the quickest uh, Porsche will be the second quickest and then third might be the BMW between the BMW and the Porsche hmm, maybe who knows and then after that I think I think the Alpine might be quicker than the Supra, and then the Supra is just right behind. Uh, I think the Supra might be the car that the Supra and the M2 might be the car that would be probably the most difficult to get around. Probably the M2, that that car, the the, the M2 competition, that car with that spiky-ish engine and the Supra as well 
Yeah, I think so. But the exciting part about all of this is is that we will see, we will find out. I'm very, very, very excited about the Emirate. I think it's a very re refreshing proposition. It's what we need. Enough. A, a more down-to-earth sports car that's just focused on pure driver enjoyment uh, right before we set off into the the era of the electric car and so that's great and all and something else I've also just been wondering recently is is the 8-cylinder, the, the V8 sports car, is it dead? Uh, I mean, we know that it, it's pretty much dying. Uh, we know that, that that's, that's happening. But when you actually sit back and think, okay, within a few years, um, companies are not going to make this kind of car again that's just a, a possibility and I mean also on the other side of the coin which is something I always uh, stand behind is that these companies will change their minds once synthetic fuels really uh, once once people decide to make an investment on it or it gains some sort of popularity and people are on board with it and all the advantages that are um, being told pan out to be true then yes I, I, I think manufacturers will go back on their word and they will also produce electric cars I think long term they will get rid of internal combustion, but they'll probably just move on to electric and then probably hydrogen and so forth. Hmm. But for today, I'm just thinking, because um, this is because this, this is also a, a, a important announcement from an important manufacturer, Ferrari. Ferrari recently announced a V6 Berlinetta, yep, they they are making those again. It's very odd when Ferrari makes something that doesn't have you know a V8 and a V12, because that that's just what they do. But yeah, they they're doing that, and interesting, interesting car. Sounds great gonna have a savage gearbox the electric motor the technology behind it is fascinating it it really is uh, the aerodynamics as well the, the way it was styled I, I really like the way it looks it was made to look like a 250 lm from the back and it's just from the rear three quarters it's just stunning really really voluptuous body and <clears throat> Okay, so Ferrari announced a V6 hybrid Berlinetta. And then 
its arch-rival, McLaren. They announced the McLaren Altura a while back. V6 as well. V6 sports car. Pretty much a supercar. Uh, electric motors as well. Hybridized. Be nice to see the differences between the two. And, I mean, other rivals, Audi are yet to do an electric sports car for the moment. They're still rolling around with the R8. I doubt they're going to make an internal combustion sports car again, mid-engine sports car, whether it has a V6 or... I just really doubt that that's ever going to happen. Hmm. Yeah, it... The McLaren, really, really, really cool uh, piece of kit. I don't know why. Um, let me just like make an admission here. I don't know why. I like recently someone has corrected me that it's not actually a four-wheel drive. I don't know why I've, I thought it was four-wheel drive. It's, it's just a mistake that something just I've been thinking, and. I've seen uh, some of the figures, and one of the figures that were interesting was the McLaren is actually quicker in terms of acceleration, which is odd because the Ferrari has quite significant amounts of power compared to McLaren. Odd. But back to the main point is the V8 sports car dead? If Ferrari and McLaren are not making V8 mid-engine sports cars. Just take a moment to just think. I'm taking a moment to think. I think that pretty much means it's a wrap. I think the V8 is still kicking in various forms. But like something like this happening, it's, it's a very large segment it, I think about it this way it's like okay the V8 sports car now that part is going what's next is probably luxury cars and then after luxury cars the V8 will probably probably die it'll have its last iteration probably in muscle cars muscle cars Oh, I think maybe trucks, between muscle cars and trucks, actually, I think. I think, I think, I think. Hmm. Yeah, that's another interesting uh, thing to just think about. So, the V12 sports car. V12 sports car, that is pretty much a, that's pretty much a mystery now, isn't it? Is a very exclusive club now, and yeah, recently it's it's been announced like one of the the pillars of the V twelve mid engine car. Well, like naturally aspirated is it's it's going the Aventador. So, is the V eight sports car dead? Very weird times that we're living in but maybe it is maybe it is 
Maybe. So this new Aventador. Um, Aventador Ultimate. And I think it looks really, really cool. It has a very clean body. No fuss. But it has like arrow bits and most importantly it doesn't have the nostrils from the the SVJ which is which is great yeah at the back it has the exhaust pipes from the SVJ which also look cool honestly it's okay it's just another Ventador but it's cool uh, it, it looks cool I've said cool a lot now it looks great striking tremendous it'll blow you away when you drive it traditional Aventador fashion the gearbox is going to be savage the way it goes around corners it's going to be a pretty entertaining thing it, Aventador the way it goes around corners the way they Lamborghini have tuned it it, it it does it in a very it drifts in a four wheel drive manner, yet it's a very savage drift. Well, not really a drift, a slide. Yeah, it's a it's a very savage slide uh, that it does, and pretty entertaining. And the sound just adds to the theater of it all. The way it looks, it's just pure excitement and. I think I think that's just great, and this is just a celebration of that, because now you have the performance of the SVJ, and dynamically, and it's just tuned to look and feel like a Ventador S, and the suspension bits probably with SVJ to help cope with that power and all those vibrations as well this uh, I, I made an assumption a few days ago I think before it was revealed thinking could this be like an equivalent of what a Porsche 911R is compared to a GT3 RS for instance where you take all the hardcore bits and you strip it all the pantomime off and all the the bits that really demand attention you 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 make the car a bit less formidable uh, even though Making a Lamborghini formidable is one of the most probably next to impossible because it's just you it's not subtle at all. And yeah, is it a nine eleven R slash touring to the Lamborghini? Be interesting to find out. Uh, I think it's a great celebration to an end of an era, an era that's been going on for over 50 years now. 
it really is time to move on to something else. And I think a lot of what we had in the Aventador will still be retained in the next generation, in the next phase, because I think we've sort of seen a preview with the uh, Cyan. And to be honest, it keeps a lot of its bits from the Aventador. I'd like to see how or what they decide to do with the gearbox. If they do stick with that gearbox that has that capacitor, and if they stick with that V12, or who knows if they decide to just do some emergency and strap turbos to that V12. I don't know if it's possible, but anything, anything could happen. And so another point that I wanted to make is, okay, it's another excessive, expensive, needless hot rod style hot wheels no, it's hot wheel style sort of supercar hypercar whatever you want to call it okay fine it's it's silly it's unnecessary but then at the same time it's cool it demands attention it's striking it's beautiful it doesn't matter nobody cares all those things, okay, I, I, I understand all those points, but let's just take a moment to just appreciate that we're getting this kind of car in this time. Uh, I mean, as you can see in the way the world works and how things are playing out for quite a number of people things aren't really going our way but we have things like movies and music and in this topic in particular cars and these kind of cars the Ventador it's an old school it's, it's, it's a dinosaur now it, it is really dated but it's really wonderful and that's what I love about it not, and not just it um, any, any car that is uh, possessive of those qualities and proudly wears those flaws I, I admire a car that has that kind of personality and it's, it, it's, a, it's inspiring in a way it can inspire you as a person to be exactly like that to just be who you are and let people be drawn to you through you being yourself and and that's what that's the sort of aura that I like about things like the Lamborghini Aventador and whatever other car that is bristling with character so a car like this I'm getting, I'm getting back to it. So a car like this, 
that is proudly childish, proudly loud, stupid, fast, dangerous, but can make anyone's day whenever they see it. They don't have to drive it. You don't have to drive it. You just have to show it to someone. A piece of design. A piece of engineering. That can change your day. That's, that's what I like about it. And I think we should just get over, over all these flaws, over all the imperfections. We should get over all the repetitive nature of the production. Okay, fine. You're doing the same thing. You, you keep releasing different models of the same thing. But we all love Porsche 911s. We all love Porsche Caymans. I'm sure we all love the Aventador anyway. So let's just get over it. Let's just enjoy these things for what they are. While it lasts, man. This won't exist anytime in the very near future. So, yeah, I... I I'm I'm excited for it. It's it's another Aventador Huon, but it's another Aventador. So that's that that's cool. That's a cool touch. Anyone that can buy one, purchase it, enjoy it, make sure you drive the shit out of it. Cause that's what it was made to 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 do. Made to crawl on the streets. Or rip down the streets as well. And another announcement that has also really uh, has been taking quite a bit of attention is, surprise, surprise, another announcement from BMW. BMW have announced a new 2 Series. This 2 Series is called the M240i. Okay. (sighs) So, what do I think? First things first. The color. The color is great. Spot on. Purple, I like it. Mm, Could have maybe gone with a darker shade, but metallic purple, great. I think it looks really, really good. Another part that leaves me a little baffled is I look at the bonnet line and it actually has a bulge which reminds me of the last generation m4 and also the e92 m3 but more the f80 gen very interesting and then uh, so we have that bonnet bulge and uh, i'm not talking about the grill because how many times are we going to talk about BMW and grills. They were in a small grill, you see it, cool. Let's move on. The front. Front is long. So, good news longitudinal engine, rear wheel drive. Good, good, good. Mirrors. Mirrors are hmm, interesting. This is the first time that I see an in performance BMW. 
with M specific mirrors. Mm. So now, yeah, the the days of thinking, yeah, you can see an M car from the mirrors. They they gone now. Here we go, and as you can see, the it's it's got quite quite a stance. I like it. I like it. It's got quite a stance. It's very 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 angry looking. I think it's nice. Uh, so we okay. So we keep going and get past the mirrors and we get to the rear. The rear is fine, honestly. I think it's very it's spaced out. It's odd. I will say it is. It is quite an odd rear end, but it's spaced out. It's not. It's not clumsy like, say for instance, the two series Grand Coupe, which is, which is just a dreadful, dreadful looking car. This is much better. It's much, much more triumphant styling. People are gonna get used to this. This will just blend in. People will love this. Anyone that's complaining about this now. Wait for it. You will see it. Hey, in the rear three quarters, it also reminds me of the first generation one series coupe. coupe. Hmm. It, it's, it's amazing when you look at a car that is a new design and you think, oh, well, it looks completely brand new. And then you stand at an angle and you just hit with a time effect. It's like you see a filter and you just look and you see the old car. Really, really, really cool. I like that. Very subtle. If you know, you know Easter egg. Yeah, this color is brilliant. The wheels the wheels also work on these in performance. I like the, the subtle the subtle style. This looks good. I think the M performance BMWs have always looked very stripped back, silver mirrored, little silver bits, little trim for people to spot and see. Okay, that's the fast one. And I like it. I like it. I think it looks good. We'll, we will see what the M2 will look like. But the motor, the motor in this M240i will be... Well, a familiar B58 straight six with 275 kilowatts on tap. Very healthy power delivery. This is apparently quicker than an E92 M3. Four. That is properly rapid. So it's going to have that B58 motor and... BMW being BMW, this I imagine will be mated to the 8-speed ZF gearbox. They love that. They do a really great job with that and should be able to bang in the gears really, really quickly. This new 2-series is also 105 millimeters longer than the outgoing model and 64 millimeters wider. So it'd be interesting to see uh, if I'm assuming this, these dim dimensions of this two series, the M240i, this new two, this, these are the dimensions of the E36 M3. Could this be 
the modern day E36 M3? Who knows? Uh, no manual gearbox, apparently. Hmm. Unfortunately, it's not happening. Which is, yeah, that that's sad, but it's just a reality. We're just going to have to stick with it anyway. New rear differential, and it also has adaptive suspension. So this should make it a much, much more settled car. It, it should be much better. But the previous generation one... It was a bit of a, a bit of a stiff one, really, and it did tend to skip and misbehave as well uh, at times. It, 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 sometimes it felt very, you know, strong and very crashy, and it at times wasn't brilliant at low speed. With also the the tire roll, tire roll was also really it could just drive you insane. So we'll see how this one really performs. I'm excited to see how it, how it, how it does. I think it looks okay. I, I can understand people being up in arms, but it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's much better than Bugs Bunny right now. <laughs> I'm excited to to actually also see what what the M2 is like. Or, or they'll probably just go ahead and release the, the competition, which that's just another round for another day. Why do they release it so soon? Odd one that. Anyway, the M2. Just uh, been wondering what engine is it gonna have? Is it also gonna feature the detuned version from? the current M3 and M4 or is, are they going to make a single scroll, uh, twin scroll single turbo twin scroll B58 upgraded like they did with the very first M2 which I doubt because that car got launched by emissions therefore I'm answering myself so it's probably going to feature the current twin turbo straight six that is seen in the x3m x4m m3 and m4 gonna be with the eight speed gonna have the slightly wider body maybe the same mirrors just carbon definitely ugly wheels Intake, yes, bigger air intakes at the front. The grill is not going to be active aero, probably. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see that one, how it goes. There's been so many great cars that have been announced, really. Like, I've just scratched the surface of it all, but... I'm excited to see what else comes out. And I'll be excited to do the next episode. So, I'll see you around. Thank you so much for joining me.